48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. Stock markets across the region fall sharply after U.S. inflation data pointed to large interest rate hikes. Infectious diseases expert says the government should stop giving arrivals from the mainland and Macau COVID vaccine passes if they are unvaccinated. And the cake shop chain Crostini has closed down, citing the pandemic. Stock markets across the region have fallen sharply after inflation data in the U.S. pointed to large interest rates hikes. The Hang Seng and Tokyo's Nikkei were both down by over 2%, as was the ASX in Sydney. This came after Wall Street fell by about 4% overnight. Daniel So is a strategist from CMB International. He spoke to Damon Pang. I think the market has been expecting at some point over the next six months the Fed may pause on its rate hike. But now that the inflation data is still very high and higher than expected, and so this optimism wanes a bit. And the Hong Kong market is also has been quite weak for some time. Another concern is over the weak economic outlook in mainland China. We have seen quite weak economic data from mainland China. Uh, so the outlook for corporate profits for Chinese companies is not that optimistic. Is there a particular board like any types of stocks that are relatively uh, under bigger pressure? I think it is across the board that is quite weak in Hong Kong. And today we can see more sudden pressure in the growth sectors like the internet sector. Many Chinese internet giants are down by almost 5%. I think the reason is the valuation because this sector is more sensitive to the interest rate rising because their valuation model, the discounted cash flow, is more sensitive to a higher interest rate. So it is not due to any particular values in the internet sector. It's due to the macro backdrop due to the rising interest rate. For the outlook, are we actually looking, continuing to look at a bearish market? In Hong Kong, because the valuation is quite low already and it has been underperforming the global markets for quite a long time, so I think the downside from here is quite limited due to cheap valuation. But at the same time, we don't have many catalysts in the short term. So I believe the market will stay range bound in this relatively low level. So downside is limited, but we need some more positive catalysts like more pro-growth strategies, pro-growth policies from China before we can see a meaningful rebound. Infectious diseases expert Joseph Tsung says the government should stop giving arrivals from the mainland and COVID, COVID mainland and Macau COVID vaccine passes if they haven't been jabbed or don't have a medical exemption certificate. Priscilla Ng reports. Arrivals from the mainland in Macau can get a temporary vaccine pass allowing them to enter restaurants and other places and they only need to get jabbed if they want to keep using it for longer than six months. But speaking on a radio program, Dr. Zhang said they should also need to be vaccinated to get the pass, just like Hong Kong residents and arrivals from other places. The chief executive John Lee said yesterday that mainlanders didn't need to be inoculated against COVID to come to Hong Kong because the infection risk on the mainland is the lowest in the world. 
The cake shop chain Crostini has closed its doors, citing the pandemic. In a social media post, the company said business here had been bad over the past two years and that it had no choice but to immediately close down. The mid-market chain, which has about a dozen shops, apologised to its customers and staff. In the comments section, some people complained that the closure was at too short notice, while others asked what would be done with the vouchers they had bought from the company. President Xi Jinping is travelling to Kazakhstan today, his first trip outside China since the outbreak of the COVID pandemic two years ago. It's the first leg of a visit to Central Asia, which will also include a meeting with President Putin at a regional summit in Uzbekistan tomorrow. The Ukrainian authorities say they intend to drive Russian forces from all the territory they have seized as their counteroffensive continues to gain ground. President Volodymyr Zelensky has said 8,000 square kilometres of territory has now been retaken. As of now, stabilization measures are completed in an area of 4,000 square kilometers. In another liberated area of about the same size, stabilization measures are still ongoing. Remnants of occupation forces and saboteur groups are being uncovered. Collaborators are being arrested. Full security is being re-established. A deputy defense minister, Volodymyr Havrilov, said Russia had so far been unable to stop the advance. We see the low morale of Russian troops. We saw the total control of command and control system of Russia during this counteroffensive operation. We also saw the logistic challenges Russia faces now, we will face in future. All this contributes to our understanding that Russia is not ready to stop Ukrainian advance with the old-fashioned command and control system and equipment. President Biden has welcomed the progress that Ukrainian forces have made, but on a visit in his home state to Delaware, he was asked by a reporter whether a turning point had been reached in the war. The question is unanswerable right now. It's hard to tell. It's clear the Ukrainians have made significant progress, but I think this could be a long haul. In a 90-minute phone call, the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz urged President Putin to find a diplomatic solution as soon as possible. The U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, has held separate calls with Armenia and Azerbaijan's leaders over fighting along their border. He told them Washington would push for an immediate halt. Whether Russia tries in some fashion to stir the pot to create a distraction uh, from Ukraine is something that we're always concerned about. But if Russia can actually use its own influence for good to calm the waters and the violence and urge people to uh, engage in good faith on building peace, that would be a positive thing. Azerbaijan says 50 of its military personnel were killed in overnight clashes with Armenian forces. It said these included eight members of the state border service. Earlier, Armenia said it had lost 49 of its soldiers in the fighting. On his first visit to Northern Ireland as monarch, King Charles has attended a church service at St Anne's Cathedral in Belfast with the President and Prime Minister of the Irish Republic. At Hillsborough Castle, the official residence of the royal family, the Speaker of the Stormont Assembly, Alex Maskey, praised the late Queen's reconciliation efforts. She personally demonstrated how individual acts of positive leadership can help break down barriers and encourage reconciliation. Queen Elizabeth showed that a small but significant gesture a handshake or speaking a few words of Irish can make a huge difference in changing attitudes and building relationships. 
The Serbian authorities have banned a gay, a gay parade planned for Saturday, sparking an outcry from organisers. The Euro Pride march held in a different city every year would have marked a pan-European gathering of the LGBTQ community in Belgrade. A counter-protest has also been prescribed. The BBC's Guy Delorny reports. Serbia's interior ministry claimed there would have been a risk of attacks and conflicts if the two events had gone ahead. Interior Minister Aleksandr Vulin also cited the current geopolitical situation and tensions in the region. Europride organisers don't buy those arguments. They say the decision punishes peaceful citizens rather than people who want to disrupt public order and peace. They're planning to appeal against the ruling. And they insist that even if the ban remains in place, they'll gather and walk as planned. Australia is to extend pandemic leave payments, which were due to end later this month. There will be a maximum of three payments. Anthony Albanese is Australia's Prime Minister. While the government requires uh, mandated isolation, the government has a responsibility to provide support uh, during that period, which is designated uh, currently, of course, at five days. A young American sailor killed in the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor during the Second World War has been buried. Modern forensic testing has finally allowed his remains to be identified. The BBC's Kat Wiener reports. The surprise Japanese assault on the Hawaii base in December 1941 killed more than 2,000 U.S. personnel and propelled the United States into the war. Herbert Jacobson was among 400 sailors on board the USS Oklahoma when it sank after being torpedoed. It was two years before their bodies were recovered, but many could not be identified. Repeated attempts were made to put a name to all the victims, but it wasn't until the deployment of the latest DNA analysis that Jacobson's remains were identified in 2019. He was buried in Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia on Tuesday at a ceremony delayed by the pandemic. Ken Starr, who headed the investigation that led to the impeachment of President Bill Clinton for lying about his affair with White House intern Monica Lewinsky, has died. He was 76. In a statement, his family said Mr Starr died in Houston, Texas, of complications from surgery. A former judge and conservative legal, legal stalwart, Mr Starr was best known for leading the probe in December 1998. The film director Jean-Luc Godard, who helped found the new wave of French cinema, has died. He was 91. From Paris, here's the BBC's Hugh Schofield. Every story should have a beginning, a middle and an end, said Jean-Luc Godard, just not necessarily in that order. He and his fellow new wave directors like François Truffaut wanted to tear up the rule book of cinema. They were iconoclastic, shot from strange angles, made cuts in odd places and challenged conventional morality. Godard became an instant sensation with his first full-length feature, Breathless, in 1960, and the next decade was his most successful with hits like Alphaville and Pierrot le Fou. In later years, he experimented with different formats and techniques. Living in Switzerland, he became an increasingly remote figure, but he never lost his status for France's intellectual elite as the last great guru of film. Sport and in football, Liverpool lift off in the European Champions League as they leave it late to beat Ajax. Corner kick far side, it's an outswinger from the left, Matty with a header! The goal stands! Joel Matty! A header from Joel Matip on the 89th minute gave Liverpool a 2-1 win over Ajax at Anfield. It's a much-needed result for Jurgen Klopp's side, who were thrashed 4-1 by Napoli to start the group stage. I think if you put the two games, Napoli and tonight, next to each other, you don't recognise properly that it's the same sport. So um, 
was all different. Um, start was different, middle was different, finish was different. Um, the football we played, the way we defend, everything was different. Much higher intensity, much more aggression, braver, more ready. Pretty, how is that? Pretty much everything was better. So it was the first step, nothing, nothing else, not more, but um, everything was better. Tottenham lost for the first time this season, a 2-0 defeat at Sporting Lisbon. The Portuguese side scored twice in added time to make it two wins from two in Group D. Spurs boss Antonio Conte wasn't convinced by the result. Maybe uh, we didn't deserve to, to win, but at the same time I think we didn't deserve to, to lose this game tonight. We'll try to analyse the game very well with the players and to... To understand uh, which are the positive things that we did and uh, which are the negative situations that we can improve for, uh, for the future. For sure, uh, this level is a high level. I guess Marseille was uh, another tough game and uh, t- tonight was another tough game. We had to know that uh, if we want to have the ambition to go to the next round, we had to, to fight. We had to fight a lot, especially in this group, because this group... I see a lot of balance between the teams. In the same group, Eintracht Frankfurt recorded their first ever Champions League win. They beat Marseille 1-0 in France. Barcelona's Robert Lewandowski returned to his old ground to play Bayern Munich, but was on the losing end as the German champions won 2-0 at the Allianz Arena. More details from the BBC's John Bennett. The pre-match headlines were all about Robert Lewandowski's return to his former club. The headlines afterwards will be all about his missed chances. The striker wasted four good opportunities in the first half, including a half volley, which he somehow blasted over from just eight yards. Then, just after half-time, his former teammates punished him. Lucas Hernandez headed in a corner and Leroy Sané burst into the box before sliding the ball into the net. It's only the second game in the seven since he signed for Barcelona that Lewandowski has failed to score. And it's some breathing space for the Bayern Munich head coach Julian Nagelsmann after their worst start to a Bundesliga season for 12 years. In the same group, Inter beat Victoria Pleasant 2-0. Club Brugge, who have never made it out of the group stage, now have six points from two games. That's a remarkable 4-0 win at Porto. Also in Group B, Bayer Leverkusen were 2-0 winners at home over Atletico Madrid. In tennis, Great Britain are preparing for this week's Davis Cup finals taking place in Glasgow. Play in Group D gets underway today with Team GB up against the United States, Netherlands and Kazakhstan. World number 8 Cameron Norrie leads the team as their highest ranked player. I'm not really thinking if I'm number one or not. I'm, I'm in the squad and I'm going to fight for every point and, and compete as hard as I can to try to get the win for, for GB. And, and I know all those boys are out there wanting me to win and supporting me. So um, it's a really good feeling and, and I'm looking forward to being out there and, and competing. And now the weather, fine, very hot and very dry during the day. Some haze later, light to moderate north to northwesterly winds. The temperature is 34 degrees, humidity 38%. The red fire danger warning and the very hot weather warning are in force. To end the news, the top stories once again. Stock markets across the region fall sharply after US inflation data pointed to large interest rate hikes. An infectious diseases expert says the government should stop giving arrivals from the mainland and Macau COVID vaccine passes if they are unvaccinated and the cake shop chain Crostini has closed down citing the pandemic. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Bill Whelan on Radio 3.
Three with Burden. Good afternoon to you. It's 17 minutes past one. Here on The Brew, Wednesday is and always has been Classical Music Day. And that's what we're going to get to in about 10 minutes. Paul Archibald is more than ably sitting in for Maestro Colin Touchin, who's still on his travels in Europe. Now, Paul is a top, top brass player who's done everything, and it's lovely to have him on the programme. Today, in about ten, we're going to talk about tone poems. You know, when the composers decide to pick up their audio brush and paint beautiful pictures. Goes out to you and I said, Have fun, girl. 